Welcome back to Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. More than a podcast. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. Now on Distinct Nostalgia, we continue our celebration of all things Emmerdale as we meet the second Sarah Sugden. Originally played by Madeline Howard from 1988, she was replaced by Alison Spiro in 1994. Alison joined Emmerdale during a quite evolutionary period for the soap and she's been chatting to Ashley about what it was like to step into Madeline's shoes in one of TV's biggest shows. Enjoy! Ali Spiro, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us. Now, everyone's been getting very nostalgic in recent months, of course, uh, about soap because of Coronation Street's 60th, which they celebrated uh, in uh, December. So 60 years of of um, uh, Coronation Street. But Emmerdale, I mean, you know, a couple of years' time, less than two years' time, Emmerdale will be... 50 years old and it was 48 in uh, in October so it's equally an institution it's a delight to um, to speak to you um before we get on to the whole thing of uh, how you got the part and uh, your days in Emmerdale um tell us a little bit about the background you know had you watched Emmerdale before you were in Emmerdale you know was it something you'd taken an interest in well I didn't watch it I had never seen it. When I went into it, I had absolutely no idea what it was. Um, so when I, when I got an audition for the role of Sarah, I jumped in and started watching then. So it was, it was not part of my world. It wasn't part of my world, which, which actually I think was better because I came at it with fresh eyes. I had no idea what was going on. And um, yeah, and I didn't know the characters. I didn't know who anybody was. Um, so for me, it was like any other job. It was another new piece to work on. But you'd obviously heard of it. Oh, I definitely heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, what had you heard of it? Had you heard that it was like this sleepy thing, or what? What, what was? Well, I guess when yeah, when I started, it was it was it was a kind of sleepy thing. You know, life in in the Yorkshire Dells was pretty calm. I think, and I think, I guess when I started. I thought of it as like, I don't know, the archers, except with pictures, where nothing much happened except people trundled to the village hall for a few meetings and met down the pub. And, and that was that. But of course, things have really changed. And over over the period while I was there, actually, things changed hugely. And um, massive storylines happened and incredible things happened in that little village, as happened in all soaps, I, I think, you know. You joined at that period, didn't you, where they were slightly starting to sort of change and become more. And obviously, we can people can argue whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, personally, I think there were elements of the earlier years of all of them which were better in the sense that it was nice to have the conversations about the more mundane things and the language and those kind of things, which I think is missing a bit now. They're trying to bring it back here and there. And I think they've had to actually through the COVID thing. They've had to sort of focus on, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's back to basics in a way, isn't it? So yeah, so but but of course when you joined, I think it was called. I think that the village was actually called Beckingdale, wasn't it, when you arrived? It was, yeah. And actually, when I joined, it had just stopped being Emmerdale Farm, and became Emmerdale. So it became more about the village rather than the actual farm. Um, so I think the farming elements got wheedled out of it during the period that I was there, as rather more important things took over. How, well, how did you hear about it, first of all? Oh, my agent. Um, so, you know, I'd been a working actor for some years and my agent just got in touch and said, would you like to go up for this role? I had actually, I'd just given birth to twins. Um, so I didn't begin to think that I could possibly even do this job. But I thought, oh, well, let's go along and see what it's about. Um so I did, and then it happened, and then I found a way with my husband that we could make it all work with our three children at the time. Now, of course, you were taking over from somebody else, weren't you? Yeah. And this is really interesting because I don't think I've we don't think we've done any interviews yet actually with anybody who's taken over from somebody else. And uh, um, oh no, we have actually. I interviewed um, Gene Rogers, of course, who played uh, Dolly, and that was a big thing back then because it very rarely happened that people. The actors took over parts, yeah, know, whatever. And it was—I <laughs> remember as a little boy thinking, "Ooh, 
it's you know how, what's this new dolly going to look like and all the rest of it. But I think by the time you were doing it, it was more of a, a thing that happened every now and again, didn't it? But having said that, the person you were replacing had played her for six years, hadn't she? Um, yeah. So I mean, how? Tell us a bit about that because there's always a challenge there, isn't there? Because you're having to, you've obviously got to, you want to play it your way, but you also want to keep the the audience happy and obviously the director's happy and everybody happy that it's the same person and and you know yeah how, how do you how do you go about well, that? It, it, I mean it, it's it's curious thing taking over the role from somebody else. I mean I I took it on as I say having never seen Amadele before, so I had absolutely no idea um, Madeline's version of of Sarah Sugden. I had no idea what she did to it. Um, and I very much felt that it was me bringing myself into the role and what I wanted to offer the role. I think for the audience, um, it was it was hard for a bit. You know, I there was I got various feedbacks of oh, you went into hospital and you come out with a new head, which is what happened, um, which was a bit weird. But um, it took it it actually didn't take that long for people just to to readjust and. Um, Probably sometimes in in a in a situation like Emmerdale and the Sugden family, probably the the family is more important than the actor. You know, people know the Sugdens, and so somebody takes over, you just get used to it. Yeah, and actually, just looking at the pictures, some early pictures of you of you both, you, 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 there was a slight similarity, wasn't there? Yeah, there was, there was, um, there was a similarity. So it. It, it was fine. And I'm sure we had a, a similar vibe when they were casting. They had to find somebody that kind of felt a little bit like, you know, like the, like Madeline. And what had you been told about um, Sarah's sort of backstory? I mean, how did they prepare you for the... Oh, they just told me she, you know, she's a Southerner who, she was a mobile librarian. Although I don't think I ever saw the mobile library ever. Um <laughs> And she had come to live in in Yorkshire, and she, um, that's kind of all they told me, really. Which is great. So you go in with a completely open slate, and you can take the journey wherever you want to take it. And Clive and I always got on really well together. And I think we found a you know a, an an interesting journey for them. Well, we'll talk a bit about Clive in a moment because obviously he was one of the stalwarts, but he'd taken over from somebody as well, hadn't he? Yeah, he had. Yeah, yeah he had right at the very beginning. Um, who sadly the guys know. The chap who played the first Jack is no longer with us, I think. Um, what about the whole thing of just, you know, setting foot in this sort of, this soap where obviously I know that you, you, you've not watched it and all the rest of it, but they are generally, and they, they were then, and obviously still are now, big juggernauts. This was, you know, up at Yorkshire TV, which is a, always a lively place, lots of things going on. Presumably um, yeah. you were down, you were in a different area. Did you have to move up to Yorkshire? No, I didn't move. I didn't move. I, I spent a lot of time on the trains because I had a young family um, and they were in London. So um, me and British Rail got to be very, very good friends. It was British Rail at that time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it, it, you know, it's, it was daunting. I'd, I'd worked a lot. I, I was I was lucky. I had a, a good and successful career as an actor from when I left drama school and did all sorts of stuff. So I had a... Um, I had a, a slight confidence in my own work. I wasn't I wasn't scared of that. But to go into a soap when there's, um, you know, so many well-known faces is slightly daunting. But of course, for me, I didn't know who any of them were because I'd never seen it. So it was almost like walking onto any other set of any other show, really. And everybody, it, it's a very happy set, Emmerdale. I, I, it always was. Um, and everybody really worked collaboratively and was supportive and helpful and kind and um, and welcoming. So it, it it was it was you know although scary to begin with. Um, I I start I got to fit in pretty quick pretty quickly. That's great. Of course, at that time, wasn't it being filmed still in Eschholt, Wasn't it? Is that right? It was, yeah. And we were just making two episodes a week. I was mainly on the farm though. My my whole. Um, because we were using the farm and we didn't have the big studio in Leeds, so all the interiors of the farm were shot on in the farmhouse. So that was um, the old farmhouse that they'd always used back in yeah. uh, up near Otley somewhere, isn't it? Is yeah, that, that's that right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then everything changed when they built the village and when they bought the big, they built the big set inside, and we started doing three episodes and four episodes and five episodes a week. 
Who was still in it at the point that you went in it in terms of uh, the substance? Was uh, was Joe still around? Was uh, no, no, no. I met Sheila. Sheila came into a few, um, but she wasn't really in it very much. But she made kind of guest appearances, and that was that was quite scary. Um, but of course, she was lovely. Um, but uh, yeah, I, so I met I met her, and I met and Clive, and, and that was it really. We'll be back after a quick break. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, all right? Oh, yeah. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. 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 Damn, yeah. You feel me? We gonna have this like me and my man, like me and my man Kai. We be like, I don't know. We play, we play with this shit right now. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. I gotta lie. Don't play with it. Take that shit serious. Yeah, I mean, you say she was scary, but she what you know, a bit like Noel Gordon with Crossroads and Anna with uh, you know Pat Phoenix with Coronation Street. She was exactly the matriarch, wasn't she? She definitely was. She definitely was, and you know, you there was a one learnt very quickly a degree of respect that you need to pay to her, and quite rightly so. Um, but she was very nice, and she was really kind to me. So, are they still when you arrived? Have they still got that lovely kitchen that they were filming, always filmed in? Yeah, yeah it was a great kitchen. A Brilliant. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was a fabulous kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, I mean, I mean, obviously, I presume because uh, it's. TV in reality, it's obviously smaller, isn't it? Than, yeah. But yeah, but, but I, it was good. As a kid growing up, with something about those argos, I used to always <laughs> say to my mom, "I want, we need a kitchen just like that." You know. It was just, yeah. No. No. There. It was. It was lovely. The, the farmhouse was lovely. And were they still? Were they still at that point having? Because uh, I mean, the very early years, it, they would always sit around that table in the kitchen and just. Oh yeah, sit around the table having tea, and somebody had made a cake, and but yeah, that's fun. <laughs> That's a good scene. So in the early years, then you probably didn't have you, you probably didn't mix that much with the other cast who were doing things in Eshel then. I didn't. I, I, I most of my stuff was on the farm. I occasionally went to um, the Woolpack. And how did it? When we'll talk a bit about Clive in a moment because that's really important because obviously you were working very close to him and he's a great actor. Sadly missed. What? How did it? You know, obviously you were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on the trains. Mm. <laughs> it's probably a nightmare in a way. But did um, how did it sort of obviously it changed your life in that way practically? But did you how did it change your life in suddenly being sort of recognised and things like that? I mean, well, I, I, it was all right to begin with, but as as more and more episodes started to happen, and more you got more and more recognised as my six and a half years went on. That towards the end of it, when my kids were older, <clears throat> my oldest daughter was maybe nine or something. So when I um, left, she found it super difficult because you, you really couldn't go out. You know, you go to the supermarket and everybody would call you Sarah. And I was having quite a racy storyline and that was difficult for a nine-year-old girl. And and that was just, that was kind of it for me, really. I'm not a person that loves to be a celebrity, I'm happy to do my work, but um, so it, it all got a bit much for me. You're an actor and wanted to take that seriously, but it, all the rest. Yeah, of- I wanted to do my work, but uh, the the rest of it was not that interesting to me. Yeah, you know, I understand that, but that but the problem with soaps, of course, is you you everybody's lives every single day, aren't you? You really are, and it just gets a little bit too much, I found. Yeah, and people do confuse things. I mean, the, the, the- they do. They think you're Sarah. The actors confuse things. I mean, several several people I've spoken to who played people for years and years and years, they, they interchangeably talk about the different characters. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, that's just not really me. So um, it was good. I had a great time while I was there, but it was um, I was happy to go. Was there anything of um, Al, uh, Ali in Sarah and Sarah in Ali? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, I think when when you're in a soap for a long time, writers you meet the writers. They, you le- you know, you, you meet them socially, and so they they learn bits about you. She became a bit more kind of, a little bit more sort of hippie-ish and 
Mother Earthish and all that stuff, and that definitely comes from me. But that's 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 nice because you meet writers and you're talking to them and they start to write for you rather than the kind of fictional character. Absolutely, absolutely, that's really good. So let's talk about Clive then, because he'd been in it for quite a long time. And his yeah. character, I, I I never met um, Clive Holmes. I met some of the other some of the other early characters, but um, his character was very very sort of. Um, dour and downbeat a lot of the time. I mean, he did liven up occasionally, but he was quite a serious man, wasn't he? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what well, first, you know, meeting Clive and, and sort of how you, because he then, of course, had to deal with, obviously, the changeover of, of, yeah. of his wife looking different. Oh, it totally didn't phase Clive. Clive took everything in his in his stride. He, he was not phased by that at all. And he was a very fun person. Clive was not, you know, he Jack was a bit of a kind of grumpy grumpier old man middle-aged man Clive wasn't like us at all he was very jolly we had very good fun you know we did lots of lots of laughing and laughing about on set and um he, he's a kind generous man he was always he's always kind of ready to help and do stuff he, he was he was a lovely gen- gentleman yeah, I mean, I mean, you could, you know, you could tell that, you could tell that. But of course, he'd been in, he'd been in it a long time, and the the show was changing. Do you think? Um, and what was your impression when you went into it? That you know, were people, as you say, it's a happy place. In, in, you know, everyone got on with the job and all the rest of it. But were some of the older actors a little bit nervous about how things were were developing? I don't think they were at all. They were totally fine. You know, they had a good job, and and the the program was getting more and more recognition. What's not to like, really? If um, these storylines were going to make the the show more acceptable for an audience, that's who you're doing it for. So that's what you want. You want to get the ratings. You want to get the people watching. So jump on board, really. And everybody did. Only on Distinct Nostalgia. When I ran out of children's books, I used to read from Woman's Own. Who knew a four-year-old would be gripped by an article on cross-stitch? We're uniting the ages with Generation Games, a series of comedy and drama monologues and duologues coming exclusively to distinct nostalgia. Stories exploring connections, friendships and relationships between people across different age groups, beginning with Missing You, starring June Brown and Sam Barnard. Mum thinks I need protecting, but I need protecting from love. Pity that social worker of his can't do something useful for a change. Contact the noise abatement lot. Put in a complaint. I like her, I said. And then, silence. What's the problem? I asked. She'll take advantage of you, Mum warned. Missing You by Richard Verjet, With the legendary June Brown only on Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast. Uh, testing in two one two, and there's another bonus soap treat now over on Distinct Nostalgia's sister podcast, Kelly's Heroes. I've got another terrific actor for you. Where queerest folk star Craig Kelly regularly catches up with some of his showbiz friends for a chat about life and to reminisce about the old times. When she burst on our screens, it's safe to say. She smashed it out of the park. And he's recently been catching up with none other than East Enders legend Tamsin Althwaite. You do get a bit nervous of the people that you recognise, because I was an East Enders fan before. It wasn't like I need to make a big splash. You just want to be truthful to what you're you like, serve the piece. Serve the script and make sure that you're as realistic as possible. They were golden time. I really enjoyed working then. That's Kelly's Heroes with East Enders star Tamsin Althwaite. Kelly's Heroes. Mate, that was beautiful. <laughs> Search for Kelly's Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. I will speak to you anon. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, we would be living in a totally different format. A brand new podcast featuring rarely heard voices from across the UK and around the world. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. 
Contemporary conversations around bisexuality. Oh, well, you, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. We are questioned so much more than people when they come out as straight or gay. It's intense pressure of like, am I sure? You're literally like monitoring yourself. Every episode will include a very personal story as we try to paint a real picture of bisexual Britain. This is Bisexual Brunch. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Distinct Nostalgia includes some special interviews remembering nearly 50 years of Emmerdale. I've been speaking to Ian Sharrock, who played the original Emmerdale heartthrob, Jackie Merrick. I can remember walking down a street in Harrogate and somebody across the road shouted out, Hey, Jackie! And it was the first time anyone had ever said that. Didn't look around at first because I didn't sort of respond to it. And then eventually I realised what was going on and I'm thinking, Oh! I'm famous! <laughs> We're right back to the beginning in 1972 with Freddie Pine, who played Matt. Donald Bavisock said to Kevin, I wanted to write a series about a farm. And he said, well, I don't know anything about a farm. So they said to him, well, come up to Yorkshire and live for two or three weeks and find out. And it did come off the shelf and it did start. And Peggy said, my name, Matt was the first word of the series because she said, Matt, do you know all those new people over at Pickersgills or something? That was Arthur Pentelow and his daughter, Mr Wilkes, because the daughter came riding over on a horse and she said, do you know those people? So my, I've always been quite proud that Matt was the very first word of the whole bloody series. <laughs> Still going 50 years later or something. And you can't have Matt without Dolly. Jean Rogers has been reminiscing about her time in the Dales as well. It was lovely, it was Toke. And he said to me after I'd been in the show about four or five weeks, he said, just to let you know, he said, Sheila approves of you. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? Because I didn't know. Oh, yes, he said. She was watching you. But, but she, Sheila was always very professional. We felt as though we were mother and daughter in a way. We've some 90s fun with Dina Payne, who played Viv Windsor for 18 years. I'll only wear trousers if I'm going to Scarborough for the day. But when I'm working in the post office or when I'm working in the cafe, nice short skirts, padded shoulders, jackets, big earrings, you know, the lot. So you, you had some real input then in, into her character. Like I said, I wasn't really get, given any kind of uh, direction for the character. So I just thought, well, OK, you don't give me any, I'll make it up. <laughs> and there's plenty more still to come. Trawl through our feed now to find hours of soap history. Remembering Emmerdale on Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast. So let's talk about some of your uh, your, your storylines then in Emmerdale. Um, <laughs> for for a lot of it, I remember a lot of rows going on. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, tell tell us which which storylines of yours stood out for you. I mean, the, yeah, I guess the biggest storylines for us the the adoption of Andy. That was a big storyline for the Sugdens, um, and that was a that's lovely. Kelvin came when he was. At eight, I think he was when he. Yeah, he was very young, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and he was a, he was a lovely, lovely boy, really lovely boy, um, and has gone on to be really successful, which is great. Good actor, really good actor. Um, so that, but then Jack had an affair with Rachel that I found out about, and we we kept having affairs with younger people, Jack and I. <laughs> it was a bit weird, but um, um, they were good storylines. But you know, I I I quite liked. I quite liked it when there weren't big events happening. I quite liked it when it was just sort of, you know, let's have a cup of tea and a and a stew, which is what I seem to do quite a lot of, cooking stews. And that was quite nice. It was quite fun. I remember the, the, the when they made the tea room and Sarah got a job in the tea room. That was quite fun because you got to meet lots more actors. Um, but I, I, I was I was always quite happy when it wasn't a major storyline that they were just there, that life went on in, in Emmerdale Farm, on the farm, and and we were just, you know, we were just existing. And I, I quite liked that. Yeah, and actually, in reality, that, you know... I, I, that's I, it, really. I, I'm Yorkshire, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, if the dramas were going on elsewhere, that was fine. Um, but then, of course, the, the show started to change in the sense that 
there was less emphasis or less focus on the farm, wasn't there? It was more about the, yeah. the village and all the rest of it. Did that more or less happen when they dis- when they moved everything? Did that? It did really. It did really, and we'd moved out of um, the location that we 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 didn't film at the farm anymore. And you know, for actually for me, I, <laughs> the storylines I hated the most were when I saw a scene Jack and Sarah are shearing the sheep. Oh God, I hated sheep more than anything in my. Oh, I really hated them. I'm sorry to anybody that loves sheep, but. Um, I, I, those scenes where you had to shear the sheep or the lambs were great. I like lambing time. They, they were nice scenes, but the other ones, oh, I hated it. I was going really to say, I was going to say because I was talking to uh, Frederick Pine, Freddie Pine, who of course was, mm. way, was in it way way back as as, as Matt Skillback, and he was saying right at the very beginning they they were more or less him and uh, Fraser Hines were expected to be like farmers. Really, they had yeah. to do a job, you know. I know. Clive was brilliant at that. When it came to all the kind of dipping and shearing of sheep, he absolutely, you know, he could get the sheep up and flip them over like you were supposed to. And I had absolutely no idea. And but that was expected of you, was it? It can't, Well, I don't know. I guess Clive had done it for so many years, and somebody, you know, somebody would say, "Oh, just hold the sheep," and I would. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what to do with a sheep. <laughs> It's not in my vocab. <laughs> I'm a London girl. Well, you, you did it very well. It, you looked, <laughs> it was authentic. You looked the part. You looked the part. <laughs> what, what, yeah. <laughs> what about clothing? What about the clothes that she used to wear? I mean, were you, were you, I mean, do you think they were? I mean, were you happy with that? Did you have any influence on what she used to wear? No, I absolutely did have an influence, and you know, I was allowed to pick what I kind of wanted to wear, really, which was fine, and and so. I think what she wore was slightly different from what Maddie wore. She became a little bit more kind of mm, casual, I think. But that, that I was totally happy with all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I was talking to um, Dina Payne, who played Viv. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Viv Windsor in it. And she was saying how she wasn't really given any uh, guidance about what um, Viv would wear. So yeah. she, she sort of created Viv's sort of visual character, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, we were kind of given free reign, you know, sometimes you would be, we were told, okay, you can go to whatever shop it was in Leeds and get Sarah some new clothes. So as long as you didn't go, oh, I'd like that, that would look nice on me, you have to go, what was Sarah wear? Um, um, but, she, you know, she was very much a jeans and a jumper girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you'd um, hadn't you done? You obviously hadn't had a a, a big role, but in the in the but you'd done some soaps before, hadn't you? You'd done some soap stuff before. You yeah, know. I did. A, I did a year in um, Brookside, um, and that was mm, that wasn't my favourite job in the world. Who did you play in Brookside? I I went in with um, David Yip. Um, so he was a um, he we were both single parents. And uh, managed to somehow get together. Yes, we've interviewed we've interviewed David about Brookside actually. Uh, yeah, and also about the Chinese detective, of course, which you. Yeah, met. of course, of course, yeah. So David and I went in as a kind of couple. But that was quite groundbreaking, wasn't it? Having somebody from a Chinese background. It was. It definitely was. Um, so that was that was quite new, um, and you know to to have him hook up with a. Um, with me as well two single parents a chinese parent single parent um and an english single parent was quite new um it was it was not my most favorite job they didn't really develop it did they to be fair no you know, no they, they had there was it was really it, it could have been a really rich storyline but I, th- I think if it had been now it would have been quite different yeah 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 it felt a little bit and I hate to say this about Brookside, because I think Brookside was a, a great soap emerge, but it did it did feel a little bit token. It felt yeah, as though it was doing this for the sake of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a big Chinese community in Liverpool, so um, that was good. But it was um, where I can say Amadel was a really lovely, lovely, wonderful company to be part of. I didn't feel that way at Brookside. And it was a, obviously a very different way of... I mean, I know you in Amadel you were on you were filming in, in real places and obviously at locations and whatever. But of course, mm. Brookside was different in the sense that... Yeah, it was a big set. set. These were the houses, weren't they, that you were in? Yeah, they were. They definitely did were. You, how did you find that? Because it's sort of quite different, isn't it? 
It, yeah, it is quite different. I mean, they, they were real houses and that was totally fine. Um, it's slightly restricting, you know, they're quite small houses. Um, but it, it, it was fine. It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enough said about Brookside, I think. Okay, okay. So, but it, but it didn't, it, what it didn't do is it didn't put you off so completely. You, you no, no, to... absolutely didn't. It absolutely didn't. No, and who could be put off going to hang out in Harrogate and the Yorkshire Dales and all those beautiful places? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it is a lovely area, but then I'm a, Yorkshire, a Yorkshireman, so I'd say that I would say that anyway. Well, it is. It, no, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It is indeed. It is indeed. So in terms of the other characters, obviously Clive was your, the, the main um, person yeah. with all the time. You had, though, as you mentioned, you mentioned uh, uh, Andy and, and the, you know, the kids and whatever. And I think yeah. Robert, uh, Robert, did Robert, Robert check while you were there? No, I had the same boy playing Robert, and he was lovely. And um, the little girl who was play- was the baby, the baby changed, actually. And she turned into Hannah Midgley, who I'm still in contact with. Um, yeah, and she's a lovely, lovely girl. How did you find the whole thing of, um, obviously, you've got scripts and all the rest of it, but how did you find the whole thing of, of, of building um, the chemistry with the with the family, with the kids. And I know, obviously, it was slightly different because you they were doctored kind of thing. But what? Um, how did you find that? Was it something that you were, had done before or used to? Or It was fine, actually. Hannah, who um, was Victoria, was exactly the same age as my babies. So, actually, it was really nice. When I came up to Yorkshire, I had another baby to play with. Um, so that was good. And both um, Kelvin and Christopher, who played Robert... They were lovely, lovely boys, and we all got as fat as as real people, Clive and myself, and and the kids. We all got on really well together, and we we did behave a bit like a family. We did, you know, we joked, we laughed, we 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 just had fun as as a family. And I, they were really easy kids to hang out with, and um, their all their parents who were chaperoning them were great. I got on really well with them, um. So it was it was never never difficult. Now, obviously, you were going into that period where there's lots of serious storylines, lots of action, lots of interesting things happening. But there was always a bit of comedy, a bit of fun going on as well, wasn't there? In, in yeah, you know, it was the kind of it's, it's always been the kind of sort of little thing. And because you were there when the Dingles arrived as well, yeah, remember Riley? So they came into it. Did you have much interaction with them, or was it? Were you quite, I had a bit. I, we occasionally our storylines crossed. I loved all those guys. Um, you know, uh, oh gosh, everybody's names escaped me, but Zach and Lisa and but they're all of them. They were fun. We had fun, and um, they were. I guess those two actors particularly. Um, they were of an era that of my own era, really. And we'd all kind of grown up in the theatre world and had done, you know, when, when we all left drama school, everybody went into rep and did all that stuff. Then you might have got a telly and then you went back and did a bit more rep. And, the, and so we'd come from a different genre, really. And, you know, for the younger kids that came in, they'd gone straight into telly and it was a whole different kind of um, journey. But it was, I, I I enjoyed the company of all those people. I enjoyed the company of everybody, but they were, they were that, that's, and they were fun to work with. They were creative and inventive and, um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about working on set in these places. Because obviously it is, um, this is something that um, is probably quite it's obvious to actors because it happens all the time. You've got these, these, these sets which are quite, quite small in reality compared to what it, you see on the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that. The sort of, because uh, I remember going into the Woolpack uh, a few years ago to interview um, Kelvin, actually, and and just thinking, how does anything actually happen in here? Because there's, there's a couple of seats here. There's a, a little bench over there, but nothing nothing much else. Do you know what I mean? It's, sort of, it's the magic of TV. It is, isn't it? Tell us a little it bit is. about that. Tell, tell, us, tell us a bit about the farmhouse, first of all. What was the... I mean, what... the well, the far, I think the farmhouse was great, and a lot of the stuff in the farm really was done outside, and, and the joy of, of doing Emmerdale is actually that you you film in the countryside and that is an absolute joy um although it is extremely cold most of the time and pouring with rain and um all those things that nobody really enjoys but you know 
so a lot a lot of that stuff is was done outside the farm was the farmhouse you know it's just like being at home and and the the genius of of the camera crews that they can somehow be somewhere and you can't even see where they are and they it was it it, it is it's the magic of tv and you had real tea and real cake definitely <laughs> definitely you can't do Emmerdale without having real tea and real cake and of course there are periods when there's downtime isn't there so maybe you you ate more cake at that point <laughs> oh they always feed you really well on the set but it's very tempting so what about the wool pack did you spend did you ever have to go in the wool pack much I did I used to go in a bit um we I don't think Jack and Sarah went out that much. I guess they had two, three, you know, three children and there wasn't much time to go out and party. Um, but I did have scenes in the wool pack and, you know, it was always fun. And we used to, there was always the big scenes, you know, when there were weddings, we'd go in the church. Oh, they were always terrible. The church was freezing cold and there were hundreds of people there and they used to take forever. Nobody liked the church scenes. <clears throat> they used to take so long. Was, but, that, um, was that a church in Eshel? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it was the ch- yeah, the, yeah, it was in Eschold. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's a lovely old church. Yeah, 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 because they way way back, the uh, the vicar was called uh, Mister Hinton. He was the right. vicar, the original vicar. Yeah. yeah, and of course later on, of course, it was replaced with um, Ashley. Uh, Ashley, of course, yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so you you arrived at a time when, uh, say, the program was changing. There were new characters coming in, so quite really interesting characters actually and, and, and dramatic characters and, and characters with real personalities and you know Emmerdale was really making a, a, a name for itself really in, in terms of yeah. uh, what, it, what it was doing um, um, but you were always supported of course by the, by the fact that you got you know this great organisation called Yorkshire Television which yeah. had been around a long time and was a hub of so much entertainment and, and creativity wasn't it i mean yeah did you did you um, obviously you're out and about filming all the rest of it but did you experience much of of ytv i didn't know but actually my first job as an actor in tv was with ytv i did a play when in in those days there were wonderful tv plays that we did i did something called flat bust um that was my first experience and i had a lovely time at yorkshire as, as well but no i mean in terms of of us at Emmerdale, we really didn't have any interaction with what was happening at YTV, really. So it was what, quite separate. That's fine. So out of the, the storylines, let's talk a bit about the storylines, because the fans like to know about, they remember the storyline. Which ones would you say were, would, we'll talk about the, the final one in a moment, the, mm-hmm. the sort of how things, how, how you got to a point of actually I want to leave, kind of thing. But yeah. what about the, um, you know, the, the storylines that you had to deal, you know, what would you say was the most challenging of them all that you did? Um, I think, let me think. Well, I think when Jack was having an affair, that was probably a pretty difficult journey for um, young Sarah, dealing with that. And, as, you know, Rachel was Sarah's good friend. So how you feel when your husband's having a, an affair with your best friend is probably was really difficult to, to think about and work on. Um, I think um, the, uh, the the whole adoption storyline I thought was is really great. I really I really enjoyed that. And there was Andy's father who was a bit um, anti the Sugdens, but so that you know there was. Did you have to do a lot of research for the adoption storyline? Was that something? Yeah, you, we definitely had to find out about it and how it worked. Um, because it was becoming a, a, a thing at that point, wasn't it? People were talking more about adopt the possibility of adopting, weren't they? Yeah, it was. It was, and that's presumably why they put it in the story. I mean, I think had they... I don't know. It all happened quite quickly. I'm not sure it would happen like that in real life. Definitely not in a COVID world, that's for sure. That was, that was a good storyline. Um, there, was, there was quite nice stuff. I used to do stuff... Um, Viv and Sarah used to always irritate each other. So we always used to have kind of conflicting story, you know, we'd, we'd be endlessly bickering with, with each other. And that was fun. I, I enjoyed working with Dina. That was good. Yeah, yeah, they just, they didn't um, see eye to eye, really. Absolutely. So the, they were always fun to do. So let's talk about towards the end. Then. So you got, you got a little bit sort of, um, 
well, the, the publicity, I suppose, the, the, the fact that you were being recognised all the time, that kind of thing added to it. But what about what about the storylines that you were being given at the, you know, towards the end? Were you sort of getting a little bit fed up with that? Oh, no, I didn't mind. No, the storyline was great. I mean, it was, it was very good fun um, to have an affair with a young guy. Was it realistic? I don't know. Um, well, you, were, uh, you were just getting him back, weren't you? For having... I was getting him back. Um, and it was, you know, it was something different. It meant I got to put some more makeup on and look nicer and wear slightly nicer clothes. So that's always quite nice. Um, but so um, were you happy with the young guy? Yeah, he was lovely. He was really tall. So when we had to do kissing, I was, had to stand on a box because he was so tall I couldn't reach up. <laughs> um, he was lovely. Um, and, you know, it, it was something different for Sarah. And the, the last scene was amazing to shoot. It was full of great drama. And it was fabulous to see how they'd worked it all out, you know, with all the um, special effects and stuff. But, um, yeah, it, it was fun. I, I used to like the scenes being in the tea shop as well. I used to like hanging in the tea shop. That was quite fun. It was just a bit sillier. Yeah, well, exactly, and it's real. It's reality. It's real life, isn't it? That's what people yeah. do in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, how did you feel about the way you were written out then? I mean, did you feel happy? I was totally happy. I was totally happy. You know, go with a bang. And that's exactly what I did. Um, so it it was. Um, you know, if you're going to leave a soap, you want to go big time. Um, you don't want to fizzle out. You don't. You play this part for six years. Um, obviously, I know you've done Brookside for a year, but presumably this is this was a, you know, doing a soap. It's all consuming, isn't it? And you're having to travel. I know. I know that was probably. Oh, yeah. pain. But at the same. But at the same time, um, you know, this other person is very much part of your life for for six years. Now, I've spoken to quite a few other people who've left roles uh, that they played for a long time, and they say even though they wanted to leave, in the months and and sometimes years afterwards, they felt a bit of a bereavement in a way. They felt a bit strange at the fact they were leaving behind this this part that they put so much into. Was it like that for you? Um, I'm not sure that it was, actually. I, um, I loved playing Sarah. I loved all the things that happened to her. I loved committing to playing her in a real and honest way. It was a, it was kind of getting to the point that probably our family had to move up to Yorkshire, and I'm that's not I'm a London girl. My mother's in London. My kids were at school. I have a husband, um, and I just was not wanting to do that. And this, it was just too much. It was just too much, and so you know, as much as I loved playing Sarah. I was really quite happy to say goodbye. Yeah, because of course, what was happening simultaneously as you were in the program was they were doing more and more episodes, weren't they? Yeah. You know. Yeah. When we went up to five episodes a week, it meant I was really in in Yorkshire for six days a week. So I didn't I didn't see my family, and you think, what's the point? And they were young. They were young family. They were young. And uh, and of course your role your character was very much part of the storyline so you really yeah to be there. yeah so it was it was a little bit too much. Suicide is sadly something which affects people from all backgrounds. I am a journalist and broadcaster and I'm 37 years old. I live in London with my husband. I'm originally from West Yorkshire. About five years ago, I had a single episode of psychosis which led to suicidal ideation. I'm Devan Rees and I've been an actor for over 10 years. And some of you might know me from playing YOLO on a Welsh soap called Publicom. And this is Life Matters. Brought to you by the Zero Suicide Alliance. We'll have our personal story from bisexual journalist Nikki Hodgson. I certainly felt like I can't live like this anymore. I don't think I was supported very well looking back. They didn't really look at the stress. They didn't really look at some things that were going on at home that weren't particularly great and my relationships with my parents at that time. Our aim with these shows is to discuss solutions and raise awareness of very important issues which touches many of us. This is Life Matters with Dovan Rees, radio presenter Daryl Morris and Professor Alice Roberts. Listen within your podcast provider by searching for Life Matters 
and visit zerosuicidealliance.com for a free online awareness course that could help you save lives. Do you want a cup of tea? I'll have half a cup. And that caught on. Yeah, that became a kind of catchphrase, I think. It was the hilarious film of 1999. It wasn't anything to do with race or religion or creed or colour. It was as simple as an art student who thinks he's all free and easy creating a model of a vagina and showing it to his mum and thinking that that's going to be okay. East is East by Ayub Khan Din broke new ground by portraying a relationship between a British woman and her Asian husband and their mixed-race family growing up in Salford in the early 1970s. A clash of cultures and generations ensues. Oh, frig off and wash your bastard curtains, you dirty cow. And I swear to God, that's one of the best lines I've ever had to say in my life. But the film had a serious side too, tackling both racism and domestic violence. I threw myself and put all my physical strength into trying to stop him, and I couldn't. In Helsinki, they were saying, I can't believe you've made this film. It's incredible because it's showing what life is like for us now. A series of special interviews with Linda Bassett, Leslie Nickel and Chris Bisson. It was a great script and it was a timely thing to tell because it hadn't been told before. They've done all sorts of incredible things to transport you back in time to give you an authentic feel of what it was like. This series of special interviews is available now at distinctnostalgia.com. This year has claimed the lives of far too many people to coronavirus. One of the many we lost was the great comedian Eddie Large, one half of that fabulous double act, Little and Large. And he's asked, you know, when did you meet and all that? And he'd have the the stock answers, you know, oh, we met by accident, you know, I ran him over on a zebra crossing, you know, (laughs) things like that. In a special interview, Sid Little remembers his long-time comedy partner and their years together making people laugh. I'd be stood there and Eddie would go like, uh, you know, look at him. If he turned sideways and stuck his tongue out, he'd look like a zip. If he had four more navels, he'd look like a flute, you know. <laughs> you know, when he wears his blue suit, he looks like a, a refill for a viral. Because you know, I was thin, I was really skinny, and Eddie was on the stocky side. And that's when the comedy started coming in. That's Little Remembers Large, only on Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast. Search for Distinct Nostalgia wherever you get your podcasts or go to distinctnostalgia.com. So how did the transition go to the new to the new set then? Was it um was it all fine or were there some teething troubles? I think it worked pretty smoothly actually because it's so amazing. I mean that that whole set on Harewood House is extraordinary. <clears throat> and I, when we all were taken down to see it, I mean, we were all just kind of gobsmacked. It was incredible. And, you know, we we filmed in, um, in the when we were filming in the village, it was really difficult because there was always lots of people around and and now we were in a private space and it was, it, I mean, it, was, it was amazing what they did. I think the people yeah. of Eschholt were happy after 20-odd years to see... Yeah, see- I think they probably were. They, they really kind of liked it that much. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm still, I'm sure people still visit it now. But you know, it was. I remember as a little kid, you know, busloads of people going there. All- yeah, it was crazy, crazy. So it was, it was, a, it was like you know, a, a dream really. And it was, it was amazing. It looked fantastic, and it is fantastic, and it's, you know, it's it's actor friendly, and production friendly. It, it, the the wall pack looks exactly the same, doesn't it? It's yeah. Replica of the wall. Yeah. yeah. When you when you when you were in Yorkshire, then where did you where did you stay in the week? Where did you? Uh... Oh, I had various different houses. I lived in um, Round Hay for a bit. Um, I I had a nice house there that I shared with some of the other members of the cast. Um, I lived in Hadley for a bit. Um, I lived. I actually lived in uh, Beckwithshaw for a bit as well. That was nice. So I had various different kind of flats over the years when people were coming and going. It was lovely. I enjoyed my time. You know, the kids used to come up a lot in school holidays. We'd spend all our time there and they had... So for them growing up, it was lovely because they had a, a London life and they had a Yorkshire life. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. It's like a, like a little holiday for them in a way. Yeah, great. it was great. When you look back at your career, and you've done quite a lot of stuff, obviously, over the years, where does Emmerdale sit? Um... Well, it was 
where does it sit in terms of achievement? I think it sits in it sits. I think any actor that can actually make a performance that's acceptable in a soap is a genius because you work so hard. Um, so that's it's so I'm proud of that. Um, I don't think it's, you know, I would say some of the theatre work I did, I was maybe prouder of. But um, in terms of um, committing to the work and enjoying the work and making a believable character, I'm I'm very proud of that. Would you now, if somebody asked you to go and star in a soap on a long term basis, would you do that now or...? Are you, are you are you are you off soap now? Is that is that you done for soap? No, no, I would do. I absolutely would do. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean now my family's grown up. It's probably easier. But not not to be rude about this, but the the, the problem with that ambition to an extent, and something I'm trying to battle at the moment with mm. doing, is that there are lesser and lesser parts for older. Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah. No, the likelihood of somebody my age just joining a soap now is, is pretty minimal. But should somebody wish to ask me, I'll happily look at it. Ali Spiro, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much. You're listening to Distinct Nostalgia, home to some incredible interviews with stars from all your favourite soaps. If you enjoyed today's episode, why not head over to distinctnostalgia.com for a treasure trove of programmes just like this. Lisa Williamson of Hollyoaks fame talks about life on the programme. So we all got to know each other quite well. If you were chatting to some of the writers about something you've been getting up to, they would sort of write that in. So you started realising that some of your personality traits would come into the show. I got the script and I thought, what have I been up to? I got pregnant. I had the child adopted. It was, you know, and you just think, wow, the writers have really gone to town for me today. You know, it's, it was great, fantastic. Andrew Linford and Mark Homer reflect on sharing their first kiss on EastEnders in the 1990s. When the, the Blackpool episode came out, front page of the tabloids, it was like, get this scum off our TV and things like that. Just horrendous stuff. It, it was kind of the start of, of, of a big thing, really, and we're privileged to be involved in, in storylines like that, really am. And Nick Cochran discusses his life on the street as we continue our celebration of Corrie at 60. They were just brilliant with us, you know, because we were a couple of little sh- who've fortunately found their way into the TV's biggest show without really knowing what they're doing. That's bottom line, that's where me and Simon were at that point. Myself and Simon are old school people. We were brought up properly, mate, and, and so there was a lot of respect then, more than there is now. These programmes and many more are available at distinctnostalgia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to be notified whenever a new episode becomes available. And if you like what we do, then please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every penny helps us to make even more amazing content just for you. Go to distinctnostalgia.com and click on the donate button. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Distinct Nostalgia is brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. We've lots of activities for you to do at home at liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home.